I don't know if you have ever uh, had the privilege of being a VIP, very important person, uh, but it, it gives you particular access, right, when you are a VIP. Well, I, I uh, rode the coattails of a son one time who got VIP access to a Blazers game, and I couldn't believe the difference because normally I would park about a mile, mile and a half away from Moda Center and I would walk so that I wouldn't have to pay a hundred and whatever dollars to park my car. And I would walk a long ways in the rain, inevitably, to uh, go to the basketball game. And then I would wait in line out in the rain and in the cold for my turn to have my body scanned and give them my ticket so that I could go up to the top where I could not quite see what was happening. Now, in contrast, when you are a VIP, you get to drive right under the building itself and park your car in the shelter there and somebody ushers you from your car to the place where they say, okay, we come in through here, we're going to have you hold right here as other VIPs come in and they're going to go right by you and you're watching very important people that you go, wow, I recognize that administrator and that basketball player and that other person and this is amazing, and you watch all these very important people, of which you get to be counted one, walk through. And then they funnel you in the back way, underneath, and up into where the basketball court is, where you can see everything, and everybody, and everything that's going on, and watch the warm-ups, and all of those kinds of things, and you get to have this special access, where you don't have to do all of the things that all of the other people do. And I want to uh, say that that kind of access is pretty wonderful, and I want for you to know that you also have VIP access, okay? And we're going to open the uh, Word of God this morning to Matthew chapter 17, and we're going to see exactly how it is that we have VIP access and what that means for us, okay? So if you would turn to Matthew chapter we're going to start in verse 24. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, yes. And when they came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he had said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself." So here's what's going on, Jesus and some others, disciples with him, are coming into Capernaum. You might remember that they are on their way from uh, northern Israel down toward Jerusalem, and they're stopping now in Capernaum, which is a fairly important city, highly Jewish city. And uh, as they are there, they are, there are people there who are collecting a tax. This is likely a, a, a temple tax or a, a fee or a, so, something like that, where they are collecting revenue 
for the upkeep of the temple in Jerusalem. Not everybody makes it to Jerusalem every year. Not everybody is able to go down there, and so, uh, but might also still want to help contribute or maybe be uh, compelled to contribute for the upkeep of the ta- for the upkeep of the temple. Okay, so there are these people here who are collecting taxes in Capernaum, and as Peter and Jesus and others go by, they talk to Peter and they say, uh, "Doesn't your uh, teacher pay the tax?" And Peter very quickly says, "Yes, yeah, of course he does." Yeah. It reads a little bit funny in, in the English, right? Does your teacher not pay the tax? And then P- Peter replies, yes. And so we go, what? yes, what? <laughs> right? Because it reads kind of funny. I, I think it might be rendered a little bit differently. Does not your teacher pay the tax? Like the assumptive, don't you? Right? So, it, so uh, for, for instance, if, if you go to a PetSmart or something like that and you have a kid with you and afterwards uh, you pay the, the, the um, whatever you bought and so you pay them for that and then you can donate and the, the cashier might turn to your child who is with you and, and say, uh, doesn't your parent care about homeless puppies? Yeah. Yeah, of course my parent cares about homeless puppies. Doesn't your teacher pay the, the temple tax? Doesn't your teacher care uh, about the temple? Yeah, oh, yes, yes, of course, my teacher, my, my Jewish rabbi. Yeah, of, yes, of course. Of course he pays the tax. Of, of course he pay, cares about the temple in Jerusalem. Yes, of course. And so this is Peter's quick response. Of course, he knows Jesus. He's been walking with Jesus for a long time. Of course, he understands that Jesus loves the Lord and worship and cares about the temple. And so when they say, do you pay the tax? Then Peter, very oh, I don't even have to ask Jesus. Of course, yes. Of course, yes. And so then Jesus, as they go in, takes an opportunity to have an object lesson with Peter and explain something to Peter. And so he gives this illustration, and he uses this illustration right here. He says, "Uh, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of earth take toll or taxes? Do they take it from their sons or from others? To which Peter's response is, well, from others. You wouldn't expect the royal family to pay the taxes, right? You wouldn't expect the royal family to pay the taxes. They're they're exempt from that. They are VIPs. They're important people. They don't have to pay the tax. Everybody pays the tax. Everybody else, that is, pays the tax. But, But not the children, not the royal family. They don't have to pay the tax. The tax is to their benefit. It's in part because of them that there is the tax. And so Jesus uses this illustration for Peter so that Peter will understand what's happening here. So that Peter will understand the relationship between uh, Jesus and the temple. Right? The temple was established as the house of the Lord. This was the place into which you would go to experience the presence of God. And Jesus is saying to Peter, do you remember who I am, Peter? 
Now, I'm hoping that at this point, those of you who have been here for more than maybe one or two weeks know the answer to this question. Because I feel like I have been repeating this every week because it bears repeating that Peter, just moments ago, just a a couple of chapters ago, uh, has expressed, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He knows who Jesus is. You are the Son of the living God. And so now, Jesus is reminding Peter, so Peter, do you think that um, the Son of the living God would need to pay the temple tax to enter into the house of God in order to experience the presence of God? Does that seem appropriate to you? Does that seem appropriate to you? Or does it more seem appropriate to you, Peter, that the sons should get in for free? Are they not very important people? Don't they have special access and privileges? And Peter goes, Ah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. You see, Peter was very quick when when the context was, doesn't your teacher care about the temple? He's very quick, of course, yes, of course. He's the son of the living God. Of course he cares about the house of God. He practically lives there. Yes, yes, of course he cares. And Jesus says, yes, of course I I care. Do, Do you think, Peter, though, that I should have to pay the tax? Or do I have special access? And Peter's response is, oh yeah, yeah, the tax is taken from other people. That, you you would have special access. I I hadn't thought it all the way through. Jesus, pardon me, I put my foot in my mouth. Again, Peter's very good at that. He's quick to open mouth, insert foot. I've heard people say Peter very often speaks before he thinks. But he's very bold, and he knows Jesus, right? It's not like Peter did something really weird, right? He understood Jesus, and he knows Jesus' love for the temple, so he just assumed then, without thinking it all the way through. And Jesus is not chastising Peter here. He's just using it as a teaching opportunity for Peter, Peter, I just want you to recognize who I am and what that means. I am not obligated to pay the tax. I'm not obligated to pay the tax. I have a special relationship with him. What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others. And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. Then the sons are free. Now, maybe you, like Peter, are at this moment going, yeah, Okay, so if the sons are free, that means Jesus is free. What kind of relationship do I have to Jesus? 
Because when I said earlier that I got VIP access to a Blazers game, I didn't actually get VIP access because of me. I got VIP access because my son got VIP access and I got to ride in on his coattails. They treated me like a VIP even though I wasn't. I just got to be there with a VIP and got all the same rights and access and privileges. And do you know that Jesus provides those same things to Peter? Do you know that Jesus provides those same things to you? That you as a child of God have been adopted by him to be a sibling with Jesus so that you also get VIP access to God. Now that's a big, bold claim, so let me back it up with Scripture. Galatians chapter 4. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. This is the incredible thing that Jesus has done. Jesus, the Son of the living God, came and walked among people and invited them into relationship with God. He said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand, therefore repent of your sin and turn to God. And then made access for those sinful people. Having called them to repentance, he gave them access to God by offering his life on their behalf. He said, you deserve to die because of your sin. I'm going to take your place. I will take that punishment. Therefore, you may be free to enter into the presence of God. Not as a slave, but as a child. As a loved one of God, you now may have access. You have been adopted as children of God through the blood of Jesus. Jesus said, I want them as my sibling. And so I offer payment through my blood for their adoption. And now we get to enter in. We get to enter in. Peter got to enter in right with Jesus. We get to enter in right with Jesus, right into the holiest of holies, right into the temple of God, right into His presence. And God does not charge family. You've been adopted. You don't get charged. You just walk right in. 
Have you experienced the difference in being at a place where you feel like you belong and then you go someplace else and you had to pay to get in? When you pay to get in, there are things that you can touch and there are things that you cannot touch. When you pay to get in, there are rules and regulations. You're essentially signing a contract. I will abide by this behavior in order to get in in order to remain in, and if I don't, you can throw me back out. And you have to pay for the services and for the opportunities to have the experience of being in that place. But when you're family, you just open the door and walk in. I'm home! You didn't have to knock. You didn't have to pay the, the, the entrance fee. No parking pass needed. You just open the door and say, I'm home, and you walk right in. That's how you know their family. They have the key. They open the door without knocking. You have a special relationship with God, and God has invited us as children, adopted sons and daughters because of Jesus. I'm not going to go through these, but I do want to just read Romans and Ephesians for you also, just to show you that this is not a one-time thing that we see in Scripture in Galatians. Romans chapter 8, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. We've been adopted. We are His children. We have received the Holy Spirit that ministers to us, that testifies to us that we are His children. Ephesians chapter 1, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. You also have been adopted. God, before the foundation of the world, said, I want that person. I want you to be in my kingdom, and so I am going to decide that you will do so. And I'm going to send my son to die on your behalf so that I might adopt you because you couldn't do it on your own. And I'm going to bring you into my family and I'm going to adopt you and I am going to lavishly dump blessings on you. I am going to bless you ridiculously in every way. What an awesome privilege. Because there are so many days that I wake up and I don't feel like a VIP. I don't feel like a very important person. Maybe very insignificant. Insecure, unworthy. And yet... Back before I had done anything, either good or bad, God said, I want him. I choose him. I'm going to adopt him. What an amazing privilege. What an amazing privilege that we are now family of God, and so therefore we are not taxed. And so Jesus tells Peter, hey, Peter, guess what? The sons get in for free. The sons get in for free. The children of God just walk right in. They just open the door and say, I'm home. And he wants us to know that too. You have that right because of Jesus, to walk right in to the presence of God and say, I'm home. But Peter's put his foot in his mouth. Peter's already said that Jesus would pay the tax. Now what? Verse 27. However, not to give offense to them. Not to give offense to them. Go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you, find, when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. So, not to give offense to them. The, the, the word in, in Greek is uh, uh, skandalizo. It's the word that we get scandalous from. So in order to not cause a scandal, in order to not cause them to be offended, we'll go ahead and pay the tax. I want you to be clear, we don't have to pay the tax. God does not charge His children for entrance into His house. There's no charge. You're welcome for free. Come on in. But so that we won't cause offense, so that we won't cause a scandal, go ahead and pay the tax so that there aren't any issues. Now, why would Jesus do this? There have been other times when Jesus had no problem offending people. 
He did not care if he caused offense. But now, Jesus is said, okay, all right, you said that we would pay the tax. That's fine. Let's go ahead and just pay the tax. That way, there won't be any offense. He could have said, would you instead, Peter, go explain to them that I'm the son of the living God? Just go explain to them I'm the son of the living God so I don't have to pay to get in. He could, have, he could have done that, right? He could have said, I would like to invoke my rights as the Messiah to enter for free. But it wasn't time for that yet. He had revealed that glory to some intimate disciples in a, in a secluded place, but it wasn't yet time for everyone to know. They would not understand. Even those intimate disciples did not fully understand what was going on. It wasn't yet time for him to reveal himself. And so he says, in, in order to not cause offense, we're just going to pay the tax. They will know later. We'll reveal it later. But we'll pay the tax. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. If I were going to PetSmart and they said, do you want to donate the change to uh, help homeless puppies, and the, they ask the child, doesn't your dad care about homeless puppies? And the child says, yes, he does. I go, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we, we do care about homeless puppies, actually, so go ahead and just add that on. It's not that big a deal. So that's what Jesus does. He says, okay, Peter, it's just, it's not that big a deal. We'll go ahead and do it. We're not ready yet to reveal what's actually happening here. I just want you to know the special status that I have. And because I have it as Jesus, the Messiah, you, Peter, also have that access. I just, I want you to know that, but we'll go ahead and pay the tax. That way we don't cause any scandal. And so he says, okay, so go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. And you give that to them. And I go, wait a second. Wait a second. Time out. He didn't want to cause offense. So he was going to pay the tax. I wasn't scandalized by that first part. I understand that Jesus is the Son of God. He can walk right in. He cares about the temple very much, whether or not he pays the tax. I understand all that. But to tell me you're going to pay the tax and then, oh, look it, I found this. Here you go. You can have it. It didn't cost him anything. It didn't cost him a thing. He just said, you'll go catch a fish. The fish will pay it. And I look at this and go, this would be like me standing in PetSmart and they say, doesn't your dad care about pay, helping out homeless puppies? And my kid says, yes, he cares very much about helping homeless puppies. And I go, oh yeah, actually, I found this 20 in the parking lot. Here you go. Would that demonstrate my love for homeless puppies because I found a 20 in the parking lot that didn't belong to me and so I handed it over? I didn't have it 10 seconds ago, and now I still don't have it. Cost me nothing. Yep, I love homeless puppies. That's what it feels like to me here. Jesus going, we're not going to cause an offense. We'll go ahead and pay the tax. Go take the, the, the tax from the fish, and we'll give it to them. 
And so while I was bothered by this, I'm going, Jesus, that seems like a scandal to me to say that you're paying the tax and then you didn't actually pay the tax. Actually, God just paid the tax by giving you the money so that you could pay for it. And I started to think about that. And I started to think about the fact that there's the actual scandal. The actual scandal is that God pays it. And it costs us nothing. For us to be the children of God and to get into his temple costs us nothing. And then he lavishes every spiritual blessing on us and provides for us in every way so that we can be generous with somebody else's money. It's dad's money. It doesn't cost us anything. And I look at that and I say, this is the scandal. This is the scandal. That it doesn't cost me anything to be generous because it's not mine. Because God gave it to me. And I think, what a stingy person I must be that this is the thing that I'm offended by. That it didn't cost Jesus anything. And here, and I recognize there are opportunities put in front of me all the time that I am not generous with somebody else's money. You see, God has provided for us in every way. And so it may feel to you at times as though uh, you are the one that worked very hard and saved very well and managed your money really well so that could, because you are so smart and so good with money management. And so you have saved up this money and that's your money. But I want you to know that in my experience, that's not the case. Very smart people lose lots of money. And ridiculous people with no man money management skills walk into money all the time. Because sometimes God heaps blessings on you and sometimes He withholds it from you. Sometimes I understand why that is and sometimes I don't get it at all. But here's what I do recognize, that either way it all came from God. I have seen and been the beneficiary of of uh, amazing blessings that I knew I did not deserve, that somebody just gave me money and I went, I, I did not deserve that. It was God's grace to me. And I have had opportunities to pass that kind of blessing along to other people and I want you to know it's just not our money. It's just not. It's the same every single time, whether it's coming out of your bank account or it's coming out of a fish. It's God's money. If he wants to store that money in a fish instead of in your bank account until he's ready to use it, that's fine. <laughs> but 
But because we are children of God, and God does not charge his children, but instead lavishly dumps blessing on them, we have every ability to be generous. This is why Jesus can say, oh, well, actually, Peter, we don't have to pay the tax, but it's fine. Go ahead and pay it anyway. We can be amazingly generous because God has been generous with us. We can find every opportunity to give, and if God wants to do it, He is going to bless you and enable you to do it. We serve an awesome and generous Father who has given us access to His resources. Not for our own benefit, but to pass that blessing along. And sometimes it might feel to you like you have access to great resources, and sometimes it may feel to you like you are not in connection to great resources, but I want you to know, He can provide. And so you can freely give. It's an amazing thing to me to be on um, the payroll of the church. I consider that to be a great blessing. And I recognize that uh, to keep the lights on here and to keep my family going is based on the generosity of the people of this congregation and of, of this church. And I and the elders, we want to be great stewards of those resources. And I want you to be clear, there is no charge here. Your family. You can walk right in and it doesn't cost you anything. We will never charge for entrance here. You could come here and participate in this family and never give a dime but I also want you to know that God has blessed you in every way so that you can give generously. This is one of the places that you can give. There are other places that you can give. You can find a homeless person on the side of the road. What if they don't use it right? Well, I don't care. It's not my money. There are lots of places But you get in for free. You have VIP access so that you can be ridiculously generous. Let's see what God will do with that. Let's pray. Lord God, you, you are a heavenly Father to us. And we recognize that you have identified us from before time began to be adopted as your children and co-heirs with Christ. Lord, may we recognize that VIP access that we have. 
May we take advantage of it in prayer. May we, may we be quick to come home into your presence. And Lord, would you help us to expand your blessings by being generous with what you have given to us, to others. And we ask for this in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.